What's up, cigar friends? Welcome back to the Cigar Board Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Brown. This week, we're talking to model, entrepreneur, and cigar influencer, Coco Maria, aka at the Cigar Madam. Coco chats with us about breaking into the boys' club, whether or not Cubans are overrated, and the power of feeling good. You're going to dig this conversation. It's wide-ranging. We talk about a ton of stuff. Also, we talk about some great cigars, as always, and you're going to want to visit CigarNivorePodcast.com and check out the show notes where you'll find descriptions and links for all of the cigars discussed in this and every episode, including a few Cubans. That said, light one up with us and enjoy episode two, Coco Maria. Okay, so thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Today, we've got the Cigar Madam on Instagram, Coco, who is currently, what are you smoking over there? I am currently smoking the Miami Herrera Esteli. <laughs> From Drew Estate, I can say that the Herrera Esteli line is probably my favorite Drew Estate product, um, which I know some people probably say is, is blasphemy with how much love the Ligas get, but I, I can't. That cigar and, and also the Brazilian Matafina wrapper, the blue one, killer smokes from them. Drew State's kind of like, this is, was like my introduction into cigars. Like I started with their, you know, infused blends. And so yep. they just stay as a staple in my collection because I, I love Drew State. <laughs> I mean, I got to say, so I'm going to go the opposite direction uh-huh. because I've been an old man my whole life. <laughs> and I started smoking cigars when I was 19. Drew Estate was not a company yet. Like they weren't doing anything. Uh-huh. And so by the time Drew Estate came out and they were doing their infused cigars and stuff, that was not where my palate was. Mm-hmm. Though I have huge respect for what they did business-wise because they brought a whole new younger generation into the cigar community. And a lot of people who were not smoking cigars before, in, in my opinion, kind of did just what you did and started smoking with Drew Estates and have expanded their palate. I'm smoking the, the Caldwell Pacific Standard, and I picked the Pacific Standard. I've been smoking both the Eastern Standard and the Pacific Standard. I personally like the Pacific Standard a little better, but I picked the Pacific Standard for our conversation today because you had been telling me about this move from the East Coast to the West Coast. Yeah, I just moved back to California. I was in Florida for seven years, and um, I was just being a Florida mermaid, you know, out there flailing for life and just decided to come back home it wasn't an easy decision I just I love Florida I do it's beautiful but it was just me and my two my two sons have two boys they're 13 and one's going to be 10 now and when you're out there by yourself dealing with hurricanes and all other stuff you know it's a lot it really is and then me being an entrepreneur then once COVID hit and that really hit my business pretty hard it was just all these signs, like, you just need to go home. <laughs> it's time to come home? It's time to come home, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, like, you covered a lot of ground really fast. I did. I'm back to 0 to 100. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to back you up because there were some interesting details in there. Where did cigar smoking like, become a part of your story in that you know, journey? Was that something you had been doing while you were still here on the West Coast in the L.A. area? Is that something that started after you were in Florida? Uh, I know it's not been forever for you. It started kind of right before Florida. I There was a little stint in Vegas for a year. And in Vegas was when I had my very first cigar. There was I was a bartender, and I was a bartender for probably six years. 
of my life and it started in Vegas. And one night as part of my tip, there was a BLTL who had just finished his dinner and he was like, you know what? He's like, pick a cigar as part of your tip. And I didn't know anything about cigars, but I knew the movie, The Count of Monte Cristo, and there was a Monte Cristo cigar in there. I was like, okay, well, I'll take the Monte Cristo. I'm just guessing, you know? It was not a good experience for me the first time. I'll say <laughs> really pretending that I liked the cigar. Oh, God. And did you have to smoke it like there with him at the time? Or did you at no, least just take it with you and smoke it later? I went to a cigar lounge and tried to act like I knew what I was doing. And... <laughs> didn't know what I was doing and I was inhaling the cigar smoke like I had no oh god you were dying I was dying and I was like this is disgusting but in my mind and my ego and all that I'm like nah I'm, I'm gonna be like one of the guys I'm gonna master this shit you know so I endured but I didn't finish it you know <laughs> and I certainly didn't go back to a cigar right away after that experience but I was like I liked how it made me feel like hanging out with the guys and talking and all of that, you know, so it kind of sparked an interest and a curiosity. And it was just something I would do for myself once in a while after bartending, I would just go and I would have a cigar at a lounge and have a drink and do my See, thing. So that's, mm -hmm. that's interesting. And, and I, for sure, the community is what got me. There's a kind of thinking in the cigar community about as weird as it sounds to me and tell me if this resonates for you, but I feel like there's a kind of thinking about like self-care in the cigar okay. community. There's a kind of thinking about like self-care from a mental perspective, about doing the things for you that make you feel your best self to go do whatever else it is you do in your life. Yes. And you, and that was what really like made me like, I need to be in this hobby and I need to know these people. Um, and now here we are doing this thing, having conversations with amazing people. So like, how's that fit for you? Do you, you feel like that's a part of, I mean, you said that it was a thing you started doing, going to lounges after work, but now how's that evolved for you? Yeah, cigars are a part of my self-care for myself. It is a routine. It is, it is my, it's, it's just the way that I kind of unpack my day. And sometimes I'll smoke during the day while I'm working. You know, it's just something that I do that makes me feel good about me. So it's a staple. It's my therapy. <laughs> you know, it's, uh -huh. yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure what it is about it. The, you know, the just the way it makes me feel, but it puts me in alignment with my power. Is what I feel. Ooh, say that again for the people <laughs> in the back. <laughs> puts me in alignment with my power, and it reminds me of my strength and who I am, and it grounds me. Okay, so like now I gotta I gotta go up Renee Brown on you and be like, can you say more? <laughs> um, you know, it's it's just a, a feeling that I get with it. It's a spiritual thing. That's all I can say about it. It's for some people, it's just a thing. They, I think for most people, it's a, it's a spiritual thing. I think whether they realize it or not, they're communing with themselves and taking time out to unplug from the world and. And I think that most of us, when we're smoking, it puts us in the place of every of where we're making life enjoyable, you know, and helps us to kind of concentrate and focus on those things in life that are the most important things about life, you know. Um, I think that's how in cigar lounges, so many people from different backgrounds can get together and it's like brotherhood and sisterhood. There's no differentiation on, you know, by 
income and you know race or religion it's just everybody's one you know and i think it just puts us in that place of really being in, li in alignment with ourselves and who we are and everything else just kind of kind of doesn't matter we're just doing our thing you know <laughs> i mean you're preaching the choir <laughs> um, i couldn't i couldn't agree more uh, you know you you mentioned being in cigar lounges and connecting with people and et cetera, right? Like I'm curious to hear what you, what that's been like for you. I don't go to a lot of different cigar lounges. I, when I was in Florida, I stayed at Corona. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't go to a lot of different cigar lounges, but I mean, now that I'm in California, I'm starting to make it a point to go to different ones. I've only been to one so far. <laughs> which was the one in uh, Laguna Beach. I had a uh -huh. chance. It was amazing there. It was like, I had a great time. So people uh, there were very welcoming and, you know, very, it was totally, I didn't feel weird at all. I didn't feel weird as being a woman. I didn't feel weird as being a black woman. I felt everybody was just having a great time. We're all talking to each other, showing pictures of their dogs and talking about mm -hmm. dinner. So I, I have not yet experienced anything off, I guess you could say, because um, I, again, I've only been to yeah, a handful. Handful of lounges. Well, I mean, and that's, that's part of why I, I'm doing this and having these discussions, because I think even more than people having experiences that are off, I think people have perceptions. Yeah. I don't doubt that that doesn't, ex you know, I, I don't doubt that there is, there are those experiences. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just kind of something that is, I don't want to say part of America or whatever, but you know I mean, what it is. <laughs> you know, um, a lot of lounges where obviously if they were more minority owned, it wouldn't feel so, you know, off. But until there's more probably frequenting of other people of other, you know, backgrounds and things, it is probably going to feel a little different, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely some, some some of the good old boys club vibe at some lounges now that said of course you know it's some good old yeah. boys now there i feel weird <laughs> I feel super weird in golf club but yeah you're a golfer i i'm not a golfer but and i had so many golfing friends and i was a bartender so I can't help but not get involved invited to the you know oh, we're having the tournament or one of you know mm -hmm. Arnold Palmer for drinks. It's you feel weird. That that is a, a beautiful contrast too, because I think the cigar community is so much more welcoming. There's so many more. Yeah, I can uh, say that it's, it's way more welcoming. <laughs> also, you don't have to be good at smoking cigars, right? Like right. you don't have to be good at smoking cigars. Like nobody's gonna sit there and judge you. It's one of those places where maybe you guys size each other up by what you're smoking, but I I don't pay attention. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not going to lie, a little bit, like a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's not like there's a score. It's not like you're out there cigar smoking and you can say, I won cigars today, right? Like, it's just, no, it's like you said, you're doing something that you enjoy. There is no metric for success or failure. It's just being. How did the cigar madam happen? Like what? You what know, morning did you wake up and decide I'm doing this thing? You know, I had another Instagram account and it was like 
more so on the glamour modeling end. And, mm -hmm. You know, so it's super racy, super revealing, athletic or lingerie stuff. And it was like, for me with cigars, I, tr I like, I had tried to post, I think one post or two posts with cigars, but I just, for me, it was like, this wasn't, it wasn't really the place to show my love for cigars. Like nobody cares about cigars there. They just want to see your body and all this kind of stuff. And I was actually kind of tired of the whole thing. I, I, I just wanted to start something separate that was just a diary of my love for cigars. I didn't really expect to develop a following. I didn't care about that. I didn't even think people were on Instagram that were even at cigar smokers. I had very rarely saw people on Instagram smoking cigars. And I just came up with that name I, out of the blue. I was like, you know, the cigar there were names taken that I wanted to have that were already taken. So I just kind of was like, well, I'm going to call myself the cigar, madam. You know, it just came out of nowhere. And it's probably one of my alters. Madam, <laughs> you know, there were a couple um, people in the beginning when I started my account that, sh you know, shouted me out and put me on their page. And one of them was Cigarella Jolene. Jolene was, I love her to death. She's like my fairy god, my, I call her my cigar fairy godmother. She mail bombed me. She like introduced me to so many people. She put me on her page and it, and I kind of feel like her embracing me and, and promoting me. And there were a couple other people that were shouting me out and they kind of just kind of started this, you know, snowball effect where it's like my following just grew. And I was like, well, that was unexpected. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Completely unexpected. You produce a lot of content, which is amazing. And you're like super active. Yeah, it was like a passion for me. And I had a lot of ability to put a lot of time into it in the beginning. It would take me sometimes three and two and three hours of my day to create my content. And so I put a lot of heart and soul and sweat and blood and you know tears into this account, you know. So it shows. It's it, not it shows for sure. It's not easy to just get up and take, you know, I have to plan, I have to do my outfits, I have to find my location, you know, it's a lot that goes into it. Some people just get up and take a picture and boop. For me, I'm just over, I'm an overthinker and I'm going to over, everything has to be perfect. And, you know, I guess because of my modeling background, it's like I have certain expectations for my account. You know, I can't have just regular looking photos. They have to be of a certain quality. <laughs> I mean, and I think that that discretion has value. But now, my background is advertising, so okay. I've been down that path a bunch and produced a ton of photo shoots and, and video shoots and that sort of thing. So I, I get it. Yeah. I, I value great content. How is that for you, like transitioning out of glamour and you know fitness modeling? And are you still doing that, or is that like in the rear view at least for now? I don't have the time to do everything that I want to do. I do. I mean, there's no point to really doing the glamour fitness thing. It's an, oh, it's like, if I was really trying to get sponsorships and become professional in that industry, as far as wanting to model still, then that would be mm -hmm. something I would really care about, but it's not something I really care about anymore. So if the account is still there, but I don't, I haven't posted on it in months. So it's just not my focus at all. Um, I almost wasn't sure I was going to keep my cigar madam account because with the demands of have, trying to do like three different businesses at one time, it was just like my account has gone through periods where I took a week off or I took just because 
it's a lot. I don't have the ability to do two to three hours a day anymore on this account. I don't, but what I've started to do is just, I'll take a bunch of shots in one day that lasts me a few days. That way I know, okay, I can shoot now once every four days versus being able to shoot every day. I can't shoot every day. And do you do your own production? Do you have a photographer that you work with on the regular? Are you like that person with the timer on the camera? How's, how's that usually work for you? I am the person with the timer on the camera. I have a little clicker. I have my tripod and I do my own thing. Nobody shoots me the way I like to be shot. <laughs> and just every time I have tried out one, it never works out. I like to be able to see, you know, my, with my front facing camera. So I, I do it all myself. Wow. And so are you shooting most of this on a smartphone or are you shooting on camera? I'm shooting I, I, I purposely got the iPhone 11 for my Instagram account. <laughs> I mean, that camera is fire. I'm not even going to pretend. Camera's I, strong. I'm not going to lie. I was at Corona and someone had the had it. And he mm -hmm. let me take a picture. And I'll never forget it. It was the day I had tried the Bolivar for the first time. And it was, it was like, it just took the whole camera game to the next level. I was like, I need this camera. And I was like anti-phone plans, anti-paying, you know, ridiculous amounts of money for phones. But I was like, this was an investment to me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it took the whole game to the next level once I got this camera. <laughs> I, I hear you. So it's, that's interesting. Um, let's go back. Mm -hmm. First time you smoked a Bolivar. Are we talking Bolivar Cuban? Yeah, the Cuban. Can we talk about that? Because that cigar is magical. <laughs> well, it wasn't a magical experience that one that I got it was a it was, no. a, bummer. It was a bummer and then oh. a learning experience because then I learned what people had been had been talking about so much about the the inconsistency with Cubans you know it's a too tight I had to stab it a minute you know I had, mm. to have, <laughs> I had to have H help me he took a paper clip and we stabbed it and it was like it was just no draw and I wasn't able to get any flavor so it really put a bad taste in my mouth about Cubans. I was like, I'm not going to invest in Cubans if I don't, you know, I even get started with this collection and I can't even trust that I'm going to get quality, you know, products. But someone had ended up bombing me a bunch of Cubans after that experience because he felt that I needed to really know that no, Cubans are amazing and they are better than everything. You know, he, his whole thing is, you know, Cubans, Cubans, Cubans. I was like, okay, I will give him another shot. And you know what? He sent me some really nice, really rare, amazing sticks. And, I, and, I, and that was me, for me, my introduction to understanding how Cubans really taste. And, that, and I do understand now why some people prefer to, that they will say that they are the best. I've had some really good Cubans. Wow. <laughs> so what's, what's your, like, what's the Cuban that really made your eyeballs open up and go what is this i want to say it was called the diplomatico um okay i haven't had one of those i've heard good things i haven't had one yeah, of those. It, it i was like wow when i smoked that i was like now i understand yeah he sent me some cohibas he sent me a bunch of just a bunch of different kinds i got to try the epicure too for the first time and all that i, I love that stick as well That's, i could smoke that cigar every day yeah, it's it's one of those. It's like wow, really good. I love that. So, um, the Monte Cristo is my favorite. I don't know why, but it's just, that is my favorite one. That's, that's the, the two humans I try to keep in the collection at all times are Monte Cristo number twos and the Hoyo Epicure number two because, like, no matter what, those are they both. just a wonderful experience. 
Yeah. <laughs> that said, I've had a few Monte Cristo number twos that were plugged and that were not great, but it's rare. It's, it's, it's rare, rare, okay. Yeah. But I mean, and you, that's the thing, you never know. Mm-hmm. So you, you never know, but that's, those are phenomenal cigars. What's on your, what's on your hot list right now? What are you smoking that you just can't get enough of? I just tried Black Label. Uh, I tried the Santa Muerte. I was blown away. It was just a different kind of smoke. Like I'm so obsessed right now with that brand. I get a lot of people that you know want me to try their their blends and things. So I can honestly say I I smoke something new pretty much every day. Every time wow. I do, yeah, it's like. If I do have a repeat, it's, you know, it's not, it's something I'll smoke during the day, but I'm always trying something like trying to try something new. I mean, it's like never ending, you know, especially. No, it's the beauty of the hobby. Like there's always something new to try. That's part of why I started doing this. I was like, I want to connect to more people and find out what they're smoking and get good excuses to try new stuff. Mm -hmm. I just ordered a bunch of stuff from Sir Louis, you know, he's a really good boutique seller and yeah so hmm. got the El Chapo on the way I've got nice <laughs> I've got quite a few things coming from him so good good yeah. well it's- I'm sure we'll see posts as you smoke them and, uh, <laughs> and, and we'll hear about them um, a lot of your content which is one of the things that really attracted me to to what you're doing and made me want to talk to you is you talk a lot about mindset and a lot about, you know, maintaining your energy and keeping yourself in the right space to have and live the kind of life that you want and to do the things that, you, that are important to you. I'm very big on mindset because I've been taught the power of being able to change situations, my environment, just from my thoughts. You know, I've been taught that everything I think and speak has a direct effect on what outcomes are in my life. So I'm very big on that, being the co-creator and understanding my my power as a human. (laughs) Okay, so you talked about being taught. Yes. Can you unpack that a little bit? What, What does that mean? Um, because you know that's not a thing that you just go sign up for university classes for. <laughs> so what was that? What was that mentorship like for you? For me, it's you got to be in tune with you got to be. You can I don't want to say you got to be, but if for me, I've learned to be in a, to be in tune with 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 the invisible. You know, I'm in tune with the invisible. Everything we see in the physical expression is is a reflection of something that we don't see. You know, and even science proves that. And so. When you're in the flow, what I call a flow, things just kind of come to you, magnetize to you. So it'll be books that come to me. There'll be YouTube videos or there'll be quotes. It's just weird. It's like a life is- Not weird. It's It's like breadcrumbs on a trail, you know? And so I feel like God gives me these things, you know? It's not me trying to find it. It's me in the flow. And then this is a piece of information I'll need for the next level or the next phase or the next place that I'm supposed to be going. So I feel like I have guides that I get daily. If I ask, you know, and I do come to, I do take my time to pray every single day. And I ask for my daily bread. I ask for information and things like that. And it comes 
It comes. I, I'm a deep seeker. I want to know all the mysteries of the universe. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm just hungry for knowledge. You mentioned YouTube videos and books, and I am a huge nerd. I'm massively curious. If there's any word that I would ever use to describe myself, it is uh, that, that I am insatiably curious and terminally optimistic. <laughs> I like to be <laughs> curious. Um, what books have really been like pivotal for you? If you had to say this one made a huge impact, what comes to mind that you read that you like? Um, there's a couple books. One of them is the Urantia book. I'm not sure if you've ever heard about that. It's a channeled writing. It's a channel and it's, it's not going to be probably for everyone. Again, it's like for, for my journey, it was very essential for me. For me to fill in certain gaps of information for me that taught me a lot about the universe and, and the understanding that we're not the only beings i don't believe we're the only beings in creation i believe that um seems statistically unlikely it's statistically very unlikely with 45 billion planets in one galaxy alone that we and there's multiple galaxies like come on guys you know so um and it helped me to, because i came from a very christian background which was not very open-minded about a lot of mm -hmm. these but it helped me to fill in those gaps for me without, the, you know, without, I wouldn't say without questioning, but it kind of enhanced my walk with some of the teachings that I got from a lot of the teachings that I got from my background. And it helped me have peace. I know there's a God, the, the, the source, and I know we are his cre its creation. And I'm very careful with my words because <laughs> mm -hmm, I hear that. That's good. A lot of what we think God is, God is. Come, our perspective has been shaped from the perspectives of others. And, mm. I and I and I set that aside a long time ago because I had an awakening that took me out of my background and to, brought me into a whole new walk with God. And um, I allowed God to show me who it, what it is. I didn't allow the opinions and thoughts of others to shape that. And it's been it's made all the difference in my walk. Like I don't walk with guilt and shame anymore and condemnation. I walk with the confidence and the power now knowing that, you know, knowing who I am in him is not what I was taught, you know, to mm -hmm. lowly and terrible sinner and now, now, you know, any of that kind of stuff. But yeah, so the arranger book opened me up to the whole new world of that. And then also to kind of tie in about the entrepreneurship and understanding giving me giving me permission to feel that I can have a blessed life because I always thought that I always seemed wrong to want, you know, like, oh, we should be poor and we should be suffering. Like that's some religious programming sometimes has you kind of think it that way. It was um, a book written years ago, like in the twenties. And I'm like, how did this person even, I don't even think this person, you, you ever feel like some people were born before their time, like Tesla born way before his time. Way before his time way before his time and it's just like certain people incarnated here with certain knowledge to give and maybe it was a seed that was planted for a time to come you know <laughs> much more down the line um and so there was this book that was written about that about finances and of course my mind is going blank right now and i'm like ah! <laughs> but it taught me about it it, it just had a revel it had a terminology about it called the invisible formless substance and it taught me there's no competition that whatever we need in life the formless substance will produce it as we it taught me about the understanding of our co-creative powers how we're what we're here to do and how god itself is seeking to express itself and expand through you so of course it wants you to be blessed of course 
God wants you to expand and increase because it expands through us, you know? So it just kind of took things through a whole different level for me. The science of getting rich. That's what the book's called. Mm. Crazy. It's a crazy book written way before it's time. It All right. That's definitely going in the show notes and under my reading list. That's, that's interesting. Science of getting rich. Okay. I mean, and I do think there's a, there's a totally different thought model and understanding when you're around people who are creating the life they want and who are creating a life that is abundant and where they have capacity to do things and they have capacity to impact others. Yeah. I think a lot of people try way too much. Yeah, I learned about that, that, that you're not really supposed to be trying to do anything. You're supposed to be flowing, <laughs> you know? It's like, you gotta, and that, that was the biggest learned lesson for me. My business was failing because I was trying too hard. You can't force- Say more, say more. that's big. Yeah, it, it's, it, there is a law in the universe about this and there's two ways to go about life. You can go about life doing it your own way or you can go about life doing it the way of the universe, <laughs> you know, the law by the laws of the universe. And if you can unlock that treasure, everything will flow so much easier for your life and be more fulfilling. We're not supposed to be here killing ourselves and in the spirit of competition. And, you know, all of that is so opposite of how it's supposed to be, how we're supposed to build our lives. It's just get, finding what brings you joy, finding yourself and kind of flowing from that authenticity and allowing because when you become an, a person that actually does take the time to meditate and to tune in there is an energy of uh, it's almost like you're not even trying to move and do things it's it's a your your spiritual nature kind of directs you and guides you into places that are what i feel it's 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 all about your soul's beacon of kind of leading you and kind of giving you a clues as to what it is that you're supposed to be doing. What are we here for? We're all here for a purpose. And people are unfulfilled and unhappy because they're out of tune with themselves. They're just not in alignment with who they are. And it, that's why it doesn't matter the amount of money you have or the amount of possessions you own. If you're not in tune with yourself and if you're not in a path that is fulfilling to your soul, you're going to be unhappy and you will never have enough money. There will never be enough accomplishments. Your experience is going to be based on what your mindset is right now. And I'm in totally in tune with, with the flow of where the progress is right now for us as, as a species and as, you know, <laughs> it's weird to talk like that. Humans are species. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I, I agree with you. So I don't, I don't think it's weird. <laughs> Some other people might think it's weird, but yeah. those people think I'm weird, so whatever. Uh, <laughs> I can talk forever about that stuff, so <laughs> get back to cigars. Like. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I think that the two are so connected, right? Like, that's like we were saying before, for me, at least, and for most of my good friends, having a cigar is a ritual. Mm -hmm. And... I think that in terms of being connected to yourself and to the greater human experience, ritual is important for that. Yeah. Right? Because like I get, I know I get bogged down hardcore with the, the busy brain of 
Gotta do this, 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 gotta do this. But man, I have discovered, and it was really hard for me in probably the last two years to really embrace the idea that doing less could produce way more. Have you ever heard of Abraham Hicks? No. Uh, she's in, she's probably the most profound law of attraction teacher that ever. <laughs> she's still okay. she's still teaching, but she she her 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 messages. I listen. She has a lot of stuff on YouTube. You can maybe listen to a ten minute video here, or a fifteen minute video there. But she helped provide a different framework for me mentally about how to do everything in life because that was her whole thing. Her whole thing is just feel good, just feel good. Like everything comes to you when you feel good. And I was like, what, we're supposed to actually be happy in life? Like, you know, like that's, that's the possibility. Like, you know, that's a possibility where you just feel good in life and everything will flow and will magnetize everything by just being in a place of feeling good. Like, wow. And so that's her whole thing is like the less, you know, that doing less can produce more in your life. It's just a weird law. I don't get it, but it's true. <laughs> It's, it, it might as well be magic because I don't understand it, right? Really it's, like magic. It's like, oh, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's weird. And I'm oppositely like my, my whole, I've been working hard, like a workhorse, like a dog for years. So coming up, trying to come out of that programming has been the biggest struggle for me. But yo, yeah. yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, and we're, we're running on, on the time that we said we would take, but this conversation was super interesting to me. I think that that shift out of being in hustle mode, and, and I've been talking about this with friends for years now, shifting away from the hustle and more into flow and more into being aligned with who you are and allowing that to drive what you do as opposed to like being constantly focused on becoming you know it's it, it's so it's such an interesting topic to me uh, and like you talked about that and, I, and i'm curious if you would just before we wrap up if you would say a teeny bit more about your experience in that space and in making that conscious shift I feel like there are a series of events that happen in life that really make you have to come to terms with yourself. We try to escape bad things happening and things that we don't, that make us feel uncomfortable, but these are experiences that are signals and messages to situations that you need to confront with yourself. So I had to go through a very extensive period of suffering and before I was able to let go of a lot of my mindsets about things because I had to get broken down. I had to be broken all the way down and learned what it was to love myself. Loving yourself is pretty much the foundation of being able to flow with anything in your life. And until I could get that foundation right there, were, I can say that I wasn't really able to sustain anything um, transformative permanently in my life. So that was kind of the first initial thing for me and there's also a really good book called oneness which helped me to understand that i wasn't supposed to escape all of the feelings and all of the things that i don't like i needed to integrate those things into my into my to be able to be whole i needed to integrate those things so once i stopped running from myself and stopped running from you know and got really to the point where okay i have to sit down and i have to actually learn incorporate meditation into my life and incorporate soul searching and soul seeking 
um, and really learning to love myself, that was kind of the crew for me to finally understand how to get into the flow and get into what you were talking about, about abandoning the hustle mentality because what are you doing when you're working so hard you're not taking care of yourself you're not you don't think you're you know for me it was like i didn't i never felt i was good enough you know i was like i, I it, it, so i was never gonna no matter what i accomplished i was never gonna feel good enough if i didn't learn to feel enough right where i was at you know so i had to to, to learn that and learn to love myself and get really grounded in that and that changed everything for me it really really did <laughs> that's good what what was something or is something that you do now because I, I i feel that and i think a lot of people suffer with imposter syndrome i think a lot of people in their careers in their personal lives you know struggle a lot with trying to, to feel like they're enough what was something that worked for you whether it was in that transition phase or if it's something that you do as a regular practice now, what's something that's a, a, a mantra or something that you use to ground yourself in being enough? I had to, I had to reprogram my subconscious mind. You know, there's no, you can't, it's, it's our, our, our brains are, it, our brains are a computer, you mm -hmm. know? And so the only way you can break a habit or you can stop thinking a certain way is to put in new information and once you continuously program that new information that then repetitively, then you can then override that previous programming. So I learned to reprogram my subconscious mind by listening to a lot of the teachings of Dr. Um, <clears throat> Joe Dispenza. He's big on that. He taught himself how to walk when they said he would be paralyzed just with, his, with the power of his thoughts alone. So he's really big on teaching you how to do that. And so I realized I had to start telling myself things. I had to start verbally speaking to myself. I had to start writing in a journal love letters to myself just so I could get into a whole different uh, programming for myself. So there, there are steps you have to take to, to being able to override those um, really unhealthy programs that can you know, self-sabotage you, if you will. So I had, for me, affirmations were a big part of it and really um, making a, a consistent effort to daily, I spend like, what's his name? Um, uh, <laughs> the biggest motivational speaker ever, Tony Robbins is, you yeah. know, he, he teaches about the hour of power. I have my hour of power every single day. And when That's I good. don't, if I get, decide, oh, I'm t I woke up late, oh, I gotta get to work, guess what? I have a crappy day. I cannot skip my hour of power. It's done yep. it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I mean, like you, I'm sure you've seen in my posts. Actually, I'm not sure you've seen my posts, but I post at least once a month about journaling and about mm -hmm. that experience, which, man, I fought that so hard. Right? It's like I got a time to write. Like, this is an hour. Like, I need this hour to do all this other stuff. <laughs> and the clarity. Mm -hmm. Yes, the clarity. My God. Like, it's amazing, you know, for me, so one of the things that worked for me was morning pages. Have you heard of that concept? Morning pages? Yep. And it's the idea is you set time with yourself every day to write three pages. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't hear about that. That's a good idea. Though. That's and good you do it first thing in the morning. Typically for me, it's with the first cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. And the days that I don't do it, are so much more stressful. Right. They're not different. 
Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like this day, the world is different than that day. It's just in here, it's different because I haven't had that time. And like, if you read my, if anybody was to read my journal, they'd be like, this dude is off his rocker. <laughs> it's all over the place. It is total stream of consciousness. It is, you know, like my journal is not a novel. Like there's no, it's, it's not, this is what happened. And this, it's, it's, these are things that I'm thinking about that I just need to get out of my head and onto paper in order to make space. Yeah. Otherwise, like you're in that internal doom loop where whatever you were thinking about at the beginning of your day, when you've got 80 things that you're supposed to be doing, right? Which, which I could talk about that forever. Uh, keep taking over your thoughts because you haven't given them that space yet. Yeah. At least that's that's my experience. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that resonates. Yeah, that's exactly. That's exactly it. It's just a, journaling is magic. You know, it is. I like. I try to find the science of everything. You know, I've discovered that your brain is in a different. When you first wake up, your brain waves are still in theta, which is the ideal state for your brain to be in for programming. You know, so you have hmm. to. T- Advantage of that first thing in the morning, it's either it's right before you go to bed and right be, right when we wake up, our brain waves are in theta state, which is the most powerful time for you to reprogram. So you're talking about an energy activation. So you have, you know, if you're just kind of gonna let the day come as it comes, be prepared for chaos, you know, versus if you go out, if you set up, you wake up with intention, controlling your, you know, with an intention to control the outcome of your day, you're already setting the energy for the day, you know. So yeah, it's a discipline. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is that. That is a, a clutch word. <laughs> this has been good. I, I appreciate you being vulnerable, sharing that stuff. I mean, I know that's not typically the cigar podcast kind of discussion. That's part of why I wanted to do this. I feel like the cigar community is a community that a lot of people understand this kind of stuff. Yeah. But you get into the cigar publications and the cigar media. And it's all of the chasing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I like cars, I like watches, I like traveling. I've done all of those things and will continue to do those things. But those things are the byproduct. Right. You know, it's like, and, and I feel like, I don't know if it's intentional. I don't know if people just think that nobody's going to care or maybe people aren't ready for it. That's probably what it is. They don't want to step on toes when you got, when you get into discussion about spirituality and things, everyone has such, I get, you know, I got that in the beginning, like, oh, there's certain things you don't discuss. You don't discuss politics. You don't discuss religion. And you know, like that, these are like unspoken rules in our community. And I'm like, I'm, I, I, I share my spirituality all the time. I can't help but do that. So I get why people are like really silent on a lot of things because they don't want to disrupt the equilibrium, I guess. Don't want to offend others. So I can understand why they kind of keep the publications very commercial and very, you know, world driven. That's what's, you know, considered mm-hmm. typical of world living, you know. So yeah, it's all surface stuff. So surface. <laughs> very so, surface. so surface. I mean, and like, don't get me wrong, again, that's, if I'm in a room full of people and I don't know anybody, I'm probably not going deep into that conversation with 50 people in the room. <laughs> But, uh, but you know, like, I, I like this opportunity to, to have these conversations. And I think podcasts are a neat way to, to share that with the world. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that with us. For listening. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for sharing. You, you brought some 
amazing things. All right, so last two things, parting shots, like the, the, my final two questions. Okay. One thing has come into your life, either that you acquired or that you were gifted or what have you, that's made a significant difference in the last 12 months. I would say my subscar my cigar subscriptions have been impactful mm. for me because Great one. it you know it was what really kind of challenged me to research more about the cigars that I smoke because for such a, I didn't really start to get serious about cigar knowledge and education until I probably not you know maybe like a year ago I, I was so for five and six years I was just smoking same cigar every now and then, didn't care, wasn't trying to venture into the aisles to see different cigars, didn't understand what it was to develop my palate. You know, I was just completely ignorant <laughs> to everything. And so the subscriptions were like, okay, well, what notes do you taste? And um, Brian at Provada Cigar Club, um, he would write about where the cigar came from and what was the vision behind the name. And what it pairs with well. And so I would say the subscriptions were the catalyst for me to really um, extending my knowledge in the cigar industry itself and appreciating the brands more and getting more into the, the culture of them and having a respect for the craft more so. That's huge. I actually just recently joined Pravada Cigar Club. I love what he does. Like, I mean, it's it's practically a love letter to the cigar industry that he he sends and includes in that package. Like, it's just a beautiful thing. So I've talked to a lot of people that have really enjoyed that. I think what he's doing is great work. So cool. Thank you for sharing that with us. And then the the absolute last one. What cigar have you gifted to other people more than any other cigar? The La Promesa. <laughs> yeah. La Promesa is the, okay, so again, getting into the story, you're learning about the stories and learning about the, the culture of the brand and everything. The, that cigar has so much significance for me because it was, he talked about how it was the promise of giving his family a better life. He moved out of his comfort zone and, you know, went to a whole different land and so that cigar has so much significant value to me. I always give it to people, especially entrepreneurs, because it's like a promise of you, God is going to bless you for taking the step and, you know, stepping outside of your comfort zone. And I smoke that cigar and I, and it just kind of, for me, it, 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 again, about grounding, it grounds me in my promise to myself to do better for me and to do, you know, um, to keep my my vision and my dreams alive because look at his dream today you know the my father brand is like you know huge Amazing. you know so yeah that's the good cigar i get the most <laughs> that's a, one fantastic cigar right it's, it's a great stick i mean my father was my favorite cigar maker for a long time mm -hmm. dom pepin garcia is a beast uh, he's he's the real deal and if you ever get have you gotten the opportunity to meet him yet i went to the i didn't get to meet him now okay you're gonna love it when you do <laughs> he is one of the most gracious like beautiful humans and his people are great people that are, are in his organization but he's just such a gracious human and and i think you're gonna you're gonna dig that opportunity i expect it'll be in your future at some point 
but yeah, they make a phenomenal product and they've continued to make a phenomenal product for a long time. And, and so far, I feel like everything they come out with that's new works. Yes. You know, like they don't miss very often. Yeah. So it's, that's a good one. I like mm -hmm. it. Awesome. Well, again, I appreciate you. Thank you, Coco, the cigar madam. So if you don't follow her on Instagram, I highly recommend that you do. Go follow at the cigar madam on Instagram. You're going to get some great cigar content. You're going to see some amazing images. You're also going to get some really good like spiritual and entrepreneurial motivational content much like today so again super grateful for the time that we took today to have this conversation and and i hope that it will not be our last podcast or otherwise not <laughs> awesome. awesome well thank you again i really Thanks, appreciate darling. you have a lovely day <laughs> thank you you do the same